Blog Talk Radio. I met him in outer space. He asked me what I was doing there, cause I looked out of place. I told him where I come from, I don't wanna go back. He said, compared to Right now, Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Emperor sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Emperor sent you. The Empire is a place where I talk, you talk. 
but everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for show times and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the empire speaks, the empress listens. Hello, saying something like that. 
and to keep his brand going. So that that's just my opinion on that. Well, just in case uh, you haven't heard about that story, I know everybody has something to say about that. People have been talking, too, about Kevin Gates. Now, Kevin Gates is not like a common name. It, he's a trap rapper. That's the best way that I could describe it. He's a trap rapper. He's a guy who has done a spit in jail, who is obviously – quote, unquote, about that life. He lives a, a lifestyle that is not traditional by any means necessary. And when he's become an artist, he has a following. He has people who pay money to come and hear him sing. Um, I haven't heard but one song that he's sang, and, and it's not really singing. It's really kind of barking out some things that, you know, I may understand and may not, you know. But after him having a show in Florida, uh, and, of course, the entirety of everything is caught on phone, on video, on uh, camera phones. So there's really no privacy to anything. He was caught on video kicking in the chest off of his stage a female auditioner. She paid her money to come and see him. She didn't accost him. She didn't really even get on the stage. She touched his pant leg, and he kicked her in her chest. It's been, like, the news in the trap world on social media all over the place and and it's all, and now here on the empire I don't know if people's affiliations and what they believe in or what they uh like uh as opposed to what their moral fabric is or what they uh decide to walk in determine their uh feel support of 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 different artists now Show business is show business, and kind of like Donald Trump, he's not as much, to me, uh, a politician as he is a celebrity. His points kind of go in and out with me. I'm not really sure because he's kind of like a man TV show. So it's like in my mind he's in a different category. So I don't know how to think about him. Um, First of all, Mr. Lawrence Adams, and I know this is just a, a little bit of news, just a little bit of gossip, get people on board to listening to me talk, making sure our sound is getting everything. But I also want to know, do you, have you even heard of Kevin Gates? And has you even heard of that story? I've seen, you know, new CDs here. I, know I haven't really heard of them. I'm like sort of out of the loop with um, that generation of music. So I'm like not real familiar with him. Okay. So never mind. So I I've, seen, heard of, I've uh, seen him before, but, I, you know, music and uh, video here and there, but I don't really know who he is. What about R. Kelly? Do you know R. Kelly? Have you heard of R. Kelly? Are you familiar with his music? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I know who R. Kelly is now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So do you support R. Kelly after having known that he had slept with an underage girl, having made a sex tape with the underage girl? And these are not suppositions. This is just the truth. This is just what the truth is. It's been... Um, proven it has some factual evidence behind it, although he's not been charged with anything and he's not served any time for anything. Would you say that that feels over to any of your support of him as an artist? I think, um, I think what's so more important, hold on just a moment. I think what's so important is, is that we, that we, that we understand that the artists and their lifestyle, even though we, they're sort of married together, they do do things that don't line up to what they <laughs> what they sing about. So would I change? Would I support okay. him? 
uh, I'll, I'll still listen to his music, but that doesn't mean I'm going to follow after what he his his uh, character and what he believes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand it because I, I had the same conversation with um, my audience before when Chris Brown was, you know, accosted and had been, you know, hailed as the new, you know, mean man when he was to me just a boy that got caught up because he is a celebrity. Now. That's a whole other, uh, whole other show because I, I don't support domestic violence. I'm an advocate of being the voice of domestic violence. I have personal experience in that, so it's not even a support of what he did. I can damn him being wrong, but I can also see that he is actually an artist. It does color how you support him. And actually, he was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to be here in Birmingham at some point this week. Oh my God! Yeah, I think it is. He's going to be in Birmingham at uh, at the amphitheater there in um, Pelham. So I won't be going, not because he was such a butthole with Riata. I won't be going because I won't be going. But there are artists and situations that I would support just because I feel moved to do so. Now, on Thursday coming, we have Armani Valentino, who's going to do a show with me called The Effect of Homosexual Culture on the Black uh, Family. And I'm interested in knowing about it because just this week, actually just yesterday, Umar Johnson had uh, an interview with The Breakfast Club, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I'm kind of wooed by Umar Johnson, just period, just on a good day about it. I think it's very fitting for this particular show because we're going to talk tonight about NLP, and it's something that's brand new to me, totally not something I knew about. Um, Neither of us, I think, are, uh, I would say, clinicians in this particular science realm, but after just learning a little bit about it, it made me want to know even more. And so for those of you who just joined the show uh, just now, we have Mr. Lawrence Adam on the line with us. And before I misspeak about what your expertise is and how you want to present yourself on the show, why don't you do that for us, Mr. Lawrence Adam? Okay. I'm so glad you said that. I am Lawrence D. Adams. And I'm sorry I'm moving around. I'm actually getting in the car. Okay. But – Actually, um, I've been doing a – I started a radio show back in 2007 um, on love and relationship, talking about um, love and relationship and helping people find first running love first starting within them. And it's been successful. It was a successful radio show. It had a stand and did what it needed to do. Um, I wrote several books um, on um, love and relationship. One of them is the, the Velvet Rope um, of Love and things like that. And also, um, I am an autodidact, and what that means, I am a self-taught person, and I'm constantly learning and always wanting people to be the best who they to be the best person they can be. Uh-huh. Now, I have to admit that there, to me, just in my broadcast beginning in 2009, after having heard you, was particularly drawn to your. Expertise. I had no idea whether you had a degree or not. I think it, there was a resonance of truth and honesty and transparency that was obvious when I heard you speak. I'm not even sure what show it was. It made me want to find you on Facebook. It made me want to find you in, in other realms. It made me listen to some of what you posted, I think, on, on YouTube about what you have learned. And do you not think that everybody has that same capability 
of communication because hey, I know it's different, and that's what we're going to get into. But don't you think that every, it seems like to me there's a, a upcropping of people who are quote unquote self-proclaimed life coaches, and like I'm yeah. not trying to. Yeah, well, don't you think that that's the truth? And how does what you do differ from that, or is there any difference? I think the difference with me is, is that it's authentic. I'm going to authentically tell you and be transparent on what I am. A lot of people got a lot of book knowledge, which I do, but a lot of it is mm-hmm. what I learned from my own life and talking with thousands of people. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of times coaches are more they're methodical in what they do and they're sterile and they have no kind of, connection with the people that they're talking with because they have no story. But I have a story behind what I'm talking about, my life, and then the ups and downs and relationships that I have been in from divorce to, to you know, two children and things like that. So it's not just coming from some, oh, you should do the, I'm sitting in the seat and, and telling you something you should do. This is something that I know. This is in the fiber, fiber of who I am. So it's not something mm-hmm. that's just happenstance that makes mm-hmm. a difference there's a passion that i have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you said some key words yeah that's what you're meant to do and i think this is a part of what i'm meant to do i've never been able to put what i'm meant to do or my destiny or my journey or my platform except for domestic violence i know particularly domestic violence is a uh, a corner of the of the destiny in my life. So I know that part, but as far as what I do, I try to be authentic in that. And that's one of the things that makes it easy to communicate with people on that level. And first of all, NLP was introduced into our discussion after I posted a video on my Facebook page, Sharon, the Empress Cooper, go on and add me. And you can look to Lawrence as well. Our, our platforms are both out there, but I, 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 all I did, I watched the video that I didn't know what it was going to be. I clicked the video, looked at the video, and there's a video of a guy to walk up to females who were obviously a stranger. And this is what I interpreted. It was a guy who walked up to these females, explained to them that he was attracted to them, and got kisses from total strangers. And I thought people would be, like, weirded out by it, of course, but the overwhelming majority of response to that video was that it wasn't the truth. That was a lie. That it was staged. And what is what exactly did you say about it, Lawrence? Because we had a long conversation after the fact, but what did uh, you say? I think uh, for, for, um, yeah, this, you actually got guys, you got to really see this video. It's actually really good. Um, now, we're going to throw out the thing if it was staged or not. Let's look at the just raw mm-hmm. facts that are there. And what this guy mm-hmm. did was he actually he framed his words a certain way in response. And so what he did, as he asked these questions, asked the question, would you mind if I kiss you? He's actually, next thing he did, he began to move in as he's, as he's asking this question. The, next, the following thing he does, the third thing he does, he, he touches them either on the hip or he touches them on the head as to move in, the the woman um, is actually sewn off because she's now doesn't know what decision to make because he's already there at the point about the kisser. Now, you know, when you look at the video, you'll see that a couple of women sort of, you know, hesitated, but they went on and did it. Mm-hmm. And that's that mm-hmm. led us to the question we talked about, well, NLP. 
Now I want to definitely clarify that I'm not a practitioner and that I am a newbie uh-huh. to it, so I cannot give you um, extensive uh, information on it, but I will give you this about NLP. NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. That's neuro-linguistic uh-huh. programming. And it was actually uh-huh. discovered by um, Erickson uh, back in, the, I think it was in the 50s and 60s. He actually was, the, they call him the follower, the father of NLP. And his students, one of them was named Boehner, and he went on and wrote some uh-huh. books, and they, went, they really put it, they pretty they pretty much put together the phraseologies and techniques that Erickson did um, that we now coin as NLP. And I think that took place mm-hmm. back in the 70s. And so mm-hmm. um, what we really want to get at, I think what we talked about, Sharon, was so powerful was that this guy who was mm-hmm. actually getting the women to kiss, he had a mm-hmm. strong frame. And the frame, mm-hmm. I want you to think about it, is the frame is, is, is like a picture frame or his intention was so strong that the other person or the woman couldn't resist his mm-hmm. uh, advances. Mm-hmm. I, I was shocked because I didn't, I don't know that that was that difficult. Most of the men who had something to say on, on the thread said, no, that's absolutely not going to happen. And even on inbox, I was sort of kind of challenged because one of the guys said this, he said that, this is only because this guy's got thousands of followers. He was probably someone who's recognized, and they kissed him just because. Now, I don't think that that's the truth, but this whole idea of framing, I did not even pay attention to, did notice on one of the females, as he's asking her, he's literally uh, moving his hand to touch her face to kiss her. So it's almost as if what was what he was speaking he had already started to move into that. And actually, there I, I looked online. I tried to find some of the quickest notes of how we could put together the NLP and, and, and how it's practiced. Now, this is just a guy. This is like a random guy. I don't think he's a celebrity in any uh, frame of word. But I, I was looking at some of the people whose names we do know. And I don't, I, Lawrence, I don't know if you, you know these as well. Um, some people who have been um, – documented or certified even in this type of ability, uh, one in particular, Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. Tony Blair. And I've, I've heard oh. Tony Blair's name before. I know his face. Now, what did he saying? I don't know, but I do know that people follow him. I know that whatever Tony Blair says, because he's got, a, this, he's got a, a, a face that is hard to not remember. It's just very present when I when I say frame I think of his face because it's almost chiseled he's like a robot looking to me when he speaks he speaks in such a way that it demands your attention Tony Blair Bill Clinton Oprah Winfrey Tony Robbins um, Jimmy Mm -hmm. Carter Tiger Woods like what Mm. in the world did Tiger Woods what was he doing what was he saying? Uh, how was he using NLP? Now, this guy was just simply trying to get a kiss. So are you first or are you saying, if, if this was, say, you, Lawrence, there's no way uh-huh. without the use of NLP that you could walk up to perfectly strange women and do the exact same thing? Because I want to say that you could. Uh, now, I'm a, I'm a, let me, okay, now, you, now let, me, let me put on Mr. L right quick. Definitely Mr. Okay. L. Definitely care, definitely care, because okay. it's because okay. it's because it comes 
because it comes to a point of confidence and unwavering belief that you're going to get what you're what you're asking for. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of men, and then too, not being afraid of rejection if she says no. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of men are afraid of rejection, so they don't come with the confidence. I think I said this, and what happens is a woman can smell a man's confidence a mile away, and she can mm-hmm. sense if he has some kind of insecurity about any action that he's going to take, and that automatically mm-hmm. becomes a becomes a turn off to her. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so what's so important is to ask your question. The answer would be yes. It's coming from a place of confidence. Coming, yes, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to accomplish this, and it's, it's going to be done. That's a leader. Mm-hmm. What we have mm-hmm. lacking, of course, we can say in our community is the lack of that in our community. But once a man makes up his mind that he's going to do something, uh, it's a done mm-hmm. deal. Now, is and, and it's just you're not saying man as in just males. Females can do this as well, too, you're saying. Oh, You're saying yes. females can I, do this as well. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I I've, I've ran, um, talked to people and run across females who um, unshakably knew exactly what they wanted. There was no questions. They went in for, as you would say, they went in for the kill, and it was mm-hmm. a done deal. So it's not, it's not, it's not just, it's not just um, um, a male female thing. It's more of who has the stronger frame. Mm-hmm. Or intention. The stronger part. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. if I'm hearing you right, because I'm trying to make sure I'm hearing this right, because I kind of attended this in our conversation before with being aware of your chakra, being aware mm-hmm. of your yourself, or or no, at, in its simplest terms, knowing just knowing who you are. A lot of people say, "I know who I am. I know what I am," and that may be. Um, something of a personal experience, but when it comes to looking from the outside of that or recognizing that truth in someone else, you said you were able to get that from a female who really just knew who she was and she was, you know, I guess on her game and you you recognize that. Did you have to be in this awareness, in this NLP place where you know that about yourself as well before it could be recognized? Because I'm not sure that everybody knows themselves maybe even as much as they say that they do. I, I think a lot of people um, don't know themselves as, like you said, as they say they do. And sometimes you may be doing something and you don't even know that you're doing or working a technique or, you know, doing that. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, mm-hmm. um, say with a young lady that I that I knew, uh-oh, that I knew did that, um, I don't think she was aware of it, but she was so confident in what she believed about herself, like, oh, this, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. All of, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was like a walk in the park. I, I'm walking in the park. I wasn't planning on walking in the park, but I'm walking in the park. And so it's, it's like I was saying, it has nothing to do with uh, um, male or female. And you, you brought up a good point. You brought up about the chakras. A lot of people don't know what chakras are, and it comes from, um, Eastern religion, and it talks about energy points. And there's the uh, crown chakra. There's a chakra right above your eyebrows. There's one on your throat, your heart, on your stomach, and a lower chakra. And they're just energy points, and that's a whole other lesson in itself about that, about mm-hmm. chakras and how that all works. 
Mm-hmm. But because, okay, let's say let's say it like this. I, I know that there's a certain level of awareness that women have, and I think there's a certain uh, amount of expected awareness that men even give women, okay? I've heard men say, and it's always easiest understood in sexual terms because people, when you say male, female, people think in the sacral chakra, they think all below the belt, and they think that those are the major differences between people, but the energies that people carry, I think, you know, if you're aware, you have the same awareness. Is that not an explanation as to why some men say things like a woman can have whatever she wants as long as she type of woman? Um, Women say the same things, and I think even men may carry themselves when they have that confidence with uh, uh, how much money they have, I guess. You know, there's a certain way that they carry themselves and a certain idea of awareness or a certain identity of of what they're made out of is there. Do you think that um, this is true for women and men regardless of whether or not they're intimately involved? Yes, it, it is. You said something so important. I'm going to say two things. Now, you said something about the men where they have money. It, 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 the man is confident in himself or a woman is confident in themselves. They, it doesn't matter how much money they have or or where they live or what's going on in their life, they will attract people to them because they have an awareness of themselves. And what happens is it becomes almost hypnotic to the other person because the other people around them because they do not have it. So what's so important to realize is that people get, the only way you can get that kind of self-confidence is when you are, when you know yourself. And it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with status. It has nothing to do with nothing, none of those things at all. None of those things Mm -hmm. at all. It is amazing. I can walk down the street. I told my sons, Mm -hmm. we were at the, um, we went to go see a movie Saturday. We came out to the movie. I said, I said, I told my son, like, listen, when you walk out this, whenever you walk with me, you walk like you own this place. We ain't own nothing. You hear me? We don't own, the, we don't own the, the movie theater, but we act like we own that place. We carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it, what happens is it sends off a signal that people say, whoa, who, mm-hmm. what, what is it about these people? Who are they? Mm-hmm. And it sends off a signal that people are attracted to that. But see, that's dangerous because that's why I wanted to name this show Lies and the, dis- the Dispelling of the Lie because is this that is not the truth. Like we, I've had a show on truth, and truth simply means a fact that can be uh, verified by some means of verification. You know, everybody's truth is not the truth, but when you say or emulate or even put the front out of something that you're not, because I can walk like I own that hospital, or I can walk like I own my car. <laughs> so what isn't that? setting your frame up to be something that is not, and aren't you selling a lot? Because to me, this is what's happening with celebrity. This is why we get so excited to see the fall of the celebrity. That's why we get so excited to see people who are in the public eye screw up just like regular people, like they're not. Like they are regular people, but for some reason their post-up is just so much bigger, and for some reason 
it sounds like you're telling me that I need to post up like them. Is that what you mean? No, I'm not saying that at all. It comes back to this. It's when you begin to tap into your God-given authentic self. And a lot of people have not tapped into their God authentic self. And so what happens, you can never see people can see through people who are pretending to be confident. People can see when people are telling a lie. And when you begin to tap into the God given authentic self that you are, it's now you're you're tapping in that you you're walking in truth of who you are. Whether flawed or not flawed, you're walking in the truth of who you are. The people who walk and you know that they ain't lying to you. That's the difference. Now, now celebrities and whoever else can pretend to be one thing, you're acting really. That's you're just acting. But when you begin to tap into your God-given authentic self, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And see, one of the things that you're doing right now that I'm aware of just because I've had my little short, quick study on NLP is that you're tapping into the verbal by the way that right. you just by the way that you just said what you said. And I want to go ahead and open up the lines for the people who are already here. And, again, we're not professors of this truth, but it is a truth. This is a proven – this is a proven – Connectivity between communication, personal development, and psychotherapy. Uh, again, just to go over a little bit of the history in case you missed the beginning of the show, this is a methodology model that has been proven um, to cure or treat such phobias, depression, habit disorders, psychosomatic illnesses, allergy cold. Uh, hypnotists use this. Even people in government and business use these types of uh, modalities to get, I don't know if they're to get at the truth. I don't know if they have the same reasonings. And even in our conversation, you kind of say that this can be dangerous if if it's used in the wrong way. Um, I, the first thing that I thought about was Kool-Aid drinkers. When you said that, the, uh, I can't even think of his name. Um, Jim Jones. Jim Jones got all of these people to believe that a spaceship was coming to get them. And people said, oh, they're just crazy or they're just out of their mind. When it really was a mode of this type of persuasiveness or this programmed ability to meet people in their language and get them to do things that they didn't want to do. Because, again, the video is really simple. A guy walks up to these girls and asks for a kiss. And he gets them. I mean, not only just gets them, he gets some really sensual kisses, some kisses that last longer than 60 seconds. And, and like most men that I know, most men would even even post it that I'm not putting my lips on anybody. I, I recognize you on the phone by the last four digits of your phone number. So when you hear the last four digits of your phone number, if you have any questions or anything to add to our conversation so far, please do so. I will just keep on talking.
we'll share it in a different way because I know that there's something to the spoken word. Do you think there's one right. modality that's more powerful, the eye, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the fetching, or the um the 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 process of the brain, the, the listening? I, I I think there's when you apply all when you apply all of those together, that's when it's completely mm-hmm. effective. And so to say just mm-hmm. one, no, I would just I would, my personal opinion would be that there's when you apply all of them the the the, the listening, the touch, the visual, mm-hmm. the sense, the the one of the strongest ones that we really overlook is the sense of smell, and the sense of smell, mm-hmm. the smell. That would, it, when you apply all those things together, that mm-hmm. right there is uh, very powerful, very powerful. And then as we're talking now, the tonality and the timing of how you say certain things, the mm-hmm. rise and the fall of someone's voice, mm-hmm. that's powerful. Well, do, give I want to go ahead and get the other caller, but then I want you to do an example like you did with me because I think that was really powerful. People, and I know some people think that, oh, she has really, really lost it. She is thrown to the other side like she's having some type of break. But absolutely the opposite is true when you really step back and think about things. There's more to life than just the stuff that you can pull out of a book and say, you know, this many years of people did it and this is the answer. But um, 2811, are you there? Two eight one one. Okay, maybe they're just listening too. And and I oh, can't. They're, they're I can't. afraid to talk. They're afraid to talk. That's really, huh? <laughs> well, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want them to be afraid to talk because I think that that's a lot of it. You even said that too, Mr. Adams. That some people are just. Uh, afraid to be rejected or afraid to maybe even hear themselves um, when it comes to just inviting this idea that you can connect your reality to some things that you're just speaking, hearing, feeling like you're lining stuff up. Um, do, you, do you fear anything? Because, like, I'm really, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I always say I ain't never scared. I know I'm afraid of things, but nothing in particular right now I can say, oh, my God, this is going to stop me from believing something different or from wanting something different. Um, we had a show the other night on a, uh, with a female who had been really, really, really hurt. I mean, it, I mean, she had a legitimate reason to say, I no longer want to be with men. I no longer want to deal with them. They hurt you, blah, 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 blah. She didn't turn to women. She didn't turn anything. She just turned that off. She said, it's just like, I'm just not going to do that. And I personally had a different view, not trying to convict her to feel like I feel, but I could see, I felt the opposite of every word she spoke. Like, I just, like, everything that she does, everything that she texts, everything that she talks to me about, even on the show, it, it felt different. It was like she was saying the words, but there was a different truth behind it. And this was, I've known her probably about six, seven months now, and suddenly she's in a relationship. And she almost mm. seemed like she needed to spring it, spring it on me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to you tell me mm-hmm. now. Like, I, don't, I don't want you to feel defensive, 
or I feel like you need to explain to me why you told me something different because I could feel that was just not the truth. It's not the truth. Like, and and I don't want people to be put on front street. So I'm not afraid to just tell people their truth uh, uh, because I understand being in a place where I'm going to try to feed you a lie. I'm going to feed you something that feels good, that looks, looks like what I want it to be. Uh, or looks like something I'm not sharing. Do you think that fear, uh, what what do you fear, first of all? Do you fear anything, and do you think that fear plays enough part for people to just not get this? I think, uh, um, personally, I do, you know, I have a healthy relationship with fear. I think you need to have a healthy relationship with fear. That it, uh, and what I mean by healthy is that it doesn't rule you, but you can look it face-to-face and go past it. So you have a healthy relationship with fear versus having an unhealthy relationship where it actually rules you and you you are um, immobilized by whatever it is that you're fearing. And I do have a healthy relationship with fear. I think well, a lot of times what people don't want to face fear, as we know, we, we heard the acronym so many times, is that, that you know, fear is the false evidence of uh, things things appearing real, but or appearing real. But I think what happened is, is is our own imagination of something that's not true is all in our head. And so mm-hmm. um, once we deal with that and confront it, I think when we confront it, we can actually get past it. And actually in NLP, there are different techniques and different things you can do to actually um, get past those fears that you may have. Because a fear is just mm-hmm. a belief that you believe about something doesn't mean that it's true. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. I may believe that toothpaste mm-hmm. is going to whiten my shoes, but that doesn't mean it's the truth, mm-hmm. so I fear that. It doesn't mean it's the truth, mm-hmm. but it's just my belief, and I fear that. So we have to mm-hmm. deal with, we have to confront our fears. Um, I'm going to interject something um, about NLP. The last, I think the first presidency of President Obama, he actually mm-hmm. used in his speech NLP, and when he didn't use it the following time in his speech, his popularity votes went down. Mm. It's certain phraseologies mm. that you can use that actually affects people's decisions, emotions, and things like that. That's why this is something that needs to be handled with ethics and needs to be handled with care, and it's something not to be played with. I'm, I'm, I completely um, emphasize that the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Now you you say you say that there is a real way to say what you're saying. Like you can say the same thing in two different frames and in two different tones. And and what I've read is kind of like an anchoring. It's called self anchoring, and it's where mm-hmm. you get an emotional response from some verbal um, happening, a verbal communication. Solicit an emotional response, and when it, when you have an emotional response, you have a physical reaction. Usually, something is going to happen. Something's going to be said. Something's going to be done. Isn't that like when the men tell when when men just have that silver tongue, like they just really know how to say certain things? Like you know, um, men uh, congratulate themselves for being able to talk a woman you know, into a relationship or talk a woman out of her virginity or talk a woman into doing something that she says, you know, I, I don't do that. Like, I, I, won't, I don't do that. 
But for some reason, he is literally able to get you to a point using the tone it, and using the frame. Yes, it actually is. It's actually it's, it's actually the same thing. Um, it's actually the same thing, and like I said, people use it unknowingly, and uh, that's what's so important to be accountable and to use this with ethics when you know, when you're doing this. And we talked about yes, we talked a little bit too how people can use it in the in the advertising world. It's called copy. So you write a letter a certain mm-hmm. way, and actually, yeah, um, yeah, persuade you persuade you to buy the particular product. And there's certain phraseologies and certain things that are in there that actually get you, because we don't buy, we're still talking about love relations, we're still talking about this, you don't buy what you, what you think, you buy what you feel. You don't buy what you think, you buy what you feel. So if the person, if the advertiser can get you to get into the feeling of it, then you actually, <clears throat> you're going to it surpa- get past the logic and you're going to buy from your emotion. So that's how powerful this is because mo- emotions trumps logic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so, so powerful about this. So you know what I just thought? Why is that then what me and me, when they say get out of your feelings, when they tell women to get out? Because see, that's one of my phrases. Like I hate that phrase. I hate when people say get out of your feelings, especially when it's a male saying that to a female because it suggests that there's something wrong with my, you know, with my feelings mode. And if I'm if I'm wrong about feelings, tell me. Or if you interpret uh, what feelings are differently, tell me. Because if I'm understanding emotions and feelings come from inside of that person, it's nothing that is put there. It's something that's generated by you hitting, like, triggers. Like, just like you just said, you have a, a copy or something that's written that's going to be it to the inside of that person if you know enough about them, um, to bring that out and then they move on those emotions. When you tell somebody not to do that, aren't you telling them to lie? Aren't you, aren't you telling them to be dishonest, if that's the word, unauthentic? Uh, I'll say I'll say this. What's so powerful is when people say get out your feelings, that uh, I, I, what, let me say this from you know, love, love and relationship point of view, that Feelings are not bad. It's just your perception, your colorful perception of what you perceive around you. It's what you feel. It's your perception of what you feel. And what happens is a lot of people, we have been taught for so long not to, not to be in touch with our feelings, especially men, but not to be in touch with our feelings. And what, what happens is but if you make a decision based on your feelings, that's when it can potentiality become a problem. That's when someone would say, okay, get out your feelings. I want you to think about this. But a woman has the ability to, to, to toggle between feelings and logic at the same time, while men, on the other hand, straight logic, okay, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, why, is it, why isn't C there? While a woman has the ability to toggle between emotion and logic at the same time while she's talking. And so... We we in a in a relationship, the emotional the 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 man needs the emotions and the woman needs the logic. We need each other. That's something that's missing mm-hmm. inside of a relationship. I know we're not going in that trail, but let me I'll back up from there. But mm-hmm. that's the powerful. But that's see, so that's, powerful but, right there. 
But see, that's that's I think that's where you need to go because I was talking with someone earlier and I was talking to them just in basis of relationship. They made the statement that um, I'm not talking about that type of relationship. I'm not talking about a romantic relationship, but relationship period is an exchange and an understanding of where you are, what you're expecting, even if it's a friendship. And when you can't, when people start to grade how they're going to frame or anchor or be, depending on the type of relationship, you start to be fake. To me, you're not being truthful about it. I know that a friendship relationship is not the same as, say, a family relationship and it's not the same as a, a romantic relationship, but they're all giving and taking of that energy regardless of the fact that it has to have a, a high point and a low point. And when pe- people who have funky relationships at home are going to usually have funky relationships at work, they're going to have them at church, they're going to have them, period. But a person who can process well through, you know, one type of relationship, it may not be the same application in other realms. So I don't think it's a bad thing to go into the, you know, to use this because relationships depend on knowing some of this awareness or having some of this awareness, and we just don't do that. I mean, and I'm in that group too. People just don't in relationships, and that's my opinion. You can disagree if you if you do. People don't take the time to meet at more than just one place. Like right. you have some co- common interests um, and you have some common likes, but the wholeness of the person is something totally different. And then before you can even realize, learn that person, you didn't divorce. Like you're just totally not with it. I can understand why some men who have strong frames and are very assured and not using it in a way to just get women, they're attractive in that way because it's just it's just there. It's not, it's not colored with nothing extra. Uh, it doesn't have to be in a three-piece suit. It just is, and that's totally attractive to some women. Um, and then men said it on the last show. We had, we had a show about that, and, and they said the exact same thing. You about to say something? Because what so happens is when a man walks into his com- walks in his confidence and he's confident in his masculinity and who he is, what happens uh-huh. is it appeals to it appeals to the innate innate or primal part of the woman that looks for a man to lead. She, uh-huh. in some way or form, may not ever see it, may not ever confess uh-huh. it, but it, it uh-huh. sends a trigger off inside of the woman, this is a man I need to follow. He knows where he's going. He's going to protect me. Uh-huh. He's co- if he's confident, okay, he's going to. And what happens is it sends off a trigger inside of the woman, an innate or a primal, uh-huh. primal desire to say, ah, I need to follow him. He knows where he's going. Uh-huh. He's going to protect me. He's going to lead uh-huh. me. And what happens is when a man does not do that, it switches the role of the man to the woman, and the woman begins to lead, and it turns the whole dynamic of the relationship upside down. Mm-hmm. That's, That's interesting. That, <laughs> let me tell you, it's interesting that you would even say that, and I'm not talking about my girl. I'm really not talking about her. She listens to the show a lot, sometimes with us and sometimes behind us after it's been recorded. But she put up such a 
assuredness that I think that was almost what made me want her more. Um, it's kind of like the saying no but not meaning no kind of makes the chase evident. I don't know if that's what that is or not because I have I have heard women and men both say once they've decided that they're not going to try to have a relationship, once they've made strong frames outside of what they're going to do and what they're not going to do, everything <laughs> they, they would have been searching for comes in those moments. I don't know that's if that's a divine. Same, you know? That's a, it's a, it's a, what it is is now you tapping into something else. A divine law is when you realize that you have everything that you that you have everything that you need and that you don't need to chase after anything. It begins to attract to you easily, or it begins to draw to you easily. So when you realize, for you example, you you want ice cream, you want ice cream, looking for ice cream, ice cream everywhere, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. It's like I cannot find ice cream. Mm-hmm. Well, once you realize, you know what? I'm tired of looking for ice cream. It's enough. You run right into a dairy cream. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's because you you gave up the need. You gave up the attachment, the emotional attachment that you do not have it. Once you uh-huh. let go of the attachment that I do not have it and that you are okay with it, you're okay if you have it and you're okay if you don't have it, things happen faster. Things begin to manifest faster in your life when you realize when you can, mm-hmm. alle- you can let go of your attachment to having mm-hmm. a particular thing. So in a relationship with a young lady, when she literally let go mm-hmm. of that attachment, okay, if he comes, he do, and if he doesn't, I'm okay. Guess what happens? Mm-hmm. She automatically mm-hmm. begins to attract men to her life. But when she would say, I got to have a man, I'm looking for a man, where is he at? He got he to be five, he got to be six, six two, and he got to be this frame, he got to this, he got to look this way. What she's doing, she's mm-hmm. in a place of need, mm-hmm. and need only, per, it only pushes more need out there, so it actually repels what you're looking for. Mm. Mm. So, are you changing I've, your are you changing your mind? Are you are you changing your mind? Are you making an effortive way of thinking different? I, I'm not sure. Does it sound what, like what um, you, you just change your mind? What you're doing is you're being okay in so many words if you haven't, and if if you don't. And once you do that, you're in a place of now of serenity. You're in a place of peace. You're in a place of I'm okay. And what happens is think, things begin to come to you fast when you're in a place of peace versus when you're in a place of want and need. Only more want produces more want, and only more need produces more need. But you have to get into that place of I'm okay if I have it. I'm okay if I don't. That's what she's done. And what happens is it attracts. Mhm. Mhm. And I, I know that there's a, a a visual way to lock somebody up in conversation is to make strong direct eye contact. I know that's one of the things that I used to be a communications major before I became a nurse. It was just what I wanted to do. I understood that there was, I, and it wasn't even about power, but for lack of a better word, I knew that there's a way because of the spoken word. I was able to allure people if I just said things in a way that they could at least comprehend. One of the things that we also talked about was this whole, I don't know if we talked about it, maybe I hinted toward it. We would talk, I was thinking about the whole religious world, non-religious world, some people who totally don't believe in God, people who believe that there's a 
spirit realm, but they can't really articulate that to be God or Jesus or not. Or you know, people have different belief systems. And there was there's an article well an article on Al Jazeera that was sent to me um, through the news feed. Look, at there's a lady who obviously is a Christian. Um, for Christian, that means a lot of rules to people. It just means that they love Jesus, God, somebody like that, and that there's some specific do's and don'ts. She works at the office in Kentucky as a licensee of marriages. She's able to give an issue license and a license to marry in any state, whether it's heterosexual or uh, homosexual. It's a piece of paper. You're selling a piece of paper just like you're selling a license for a car. You're selling a piece of paper, and there's some things you have to do to be able to get this piece of paper. Well, because of her religious beliefs, she's decided she's not going to do this. I'm, at her job, she's decided, I'm not going to do this, and her stance is, her frame is extremely firm. It, she's been, ever since they passed the law, which I think was earlier this year, she has refused to sell a license. Now, I'm sure some licenses are being sold up there, but she says she is not going to sell it. Now, even if it's in a extreme like that, when you made up your mind of a position, you're saying, and in my in my particular opinion of her, she's dead wrong. Like, this is wrong. It ain't got nothing to do with you. got nothing to do with your belief system. You got a job that tells you you're supposed to be selling these people. They, they licenses. You need to do that or you need to go home. That's just my personal opinion. But there are thousands of people who feel the very opposite. And it's purely because that she has. I even had someone on this thread after I had posted who was homosexual. She said she totally understood that other people didn't feel the same way that she did. But the, and this was a homosexual person who was supportive. She was supportive of somebody who was totally against her lifestyle. And it was purely because of her stance. So the power that people can have over your even your belief system and your um, culpability to it, your um, affiliation with it, I wanted to know whether or not this is a part of a stance that possibly preachers and uh, maybe life coaches, I don't know, people who have masses and people who, who watch them, celebrity even, don't you think this plays a part into, like, the church and into religion and into um, movements? Like, even the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, it's some people that won't even pay their children attention, but they marching for the Black Lives Matter, and I'm baffled by it. Like, what kind of hoodoo is on them? Is this NLP on them, too? Are they being programmed to? Well, it's part it's part NLP, but it's part, it's a little something a little bit deeper. It's, it's part of our human human psychic. Uh, we we as people or people in general always look for something bigger to be a part of. And if you can mm-hmm. find an enemy to throw a rock at, people will follow you. Mm-hmm. And so what happens mm-hmm. is it's more of a more more of a psychological thing that's happening here. So. Everyone on some kind of level wants an enemy to throw a rock in. Everyone wants to be a part of something that's bigger than what they are because they have, for a number of reasons, that's that's a rabbit trail right there. So what happens is they see with the Black Lives Matter, uh, 
that's something that's bigger than what they're doing. So why not be a part of it? I'm part of something bigger versus realizing that they already have the bigness of who they are versus being being here in this being here in this realm. So it, it's mm-hmm. it, it feeds a it feeds a part of us that we are. I want to be a part of this organization because I'm part of something that's big and something that's powerful mm-hmm. because we want it to mm-hmm. be a reflection of who we are. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we may and that's not okay? on some level. I'm not saying yeah. it's okay or wrong, but I'm saying but it's I'm 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 laying the the truth for what why it happens. So people can people can fight an enemy at outside that they may not believe when they go home. But because mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it, ah, I wanna mm-hmm. be a part of it because it's feeding a part of us that we want. Mm. 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 I don't know. I, I I feel like I I I I know what I've experienced, like, everybody's, to me, anybody's belief is going to come from what they have themselves experienced. And just like there's so many different labels that people put even on religion, you can, you can go outside of even religion with, with anything. It's going to be what you have experienced or what you understand. And, like, when you meet people, who may have that understanding or who may even articulate that truth, if it's not their experience, it still is, you're still at a deficit, right? Aren't you still at a deficit because you're just kind of going along? It's not your truth. It, it's not your truth. Like, I, I, I get into these discussions with the conscious community, and I respect totally the history that they're willing to offer me as their proof of, the disproof of what I believe. and But the opposite is not true. When I offer my truth, when I offer what I've experienced, it's almost like it's discounted. So I, can't, I can't really ride with people who don't at least hear on both ends. Like, you know, you with NLP to work, you at least have to have an open vessel, I, I would think. I don't think you've been a good It's like that guy, there is no reason that those those girls, none of those girls were made to kiss him. None of them. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. he did some things that did kind of curb the situation. Um, that's no different from us saying, okay, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to put on my best, you know, club outfit. Or I'm going to have my mm-hmm. hair the prettiest, you know, curl. Or whatever. It's, it's, to me, that's the same thing. And belief systems to me are the exact same thing. Like, nobody can make you just because you have a stack of books, you know, or not, be a truth. Don't, don't, doesn't this have to be a personal experience and you have to be kind of open for this to? I'll, I'll, I'll say this, not to get too deep with this, but what happens is with NLP, it goes past your conscious. And then below your conscious is your subconscious. With with your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is not real. And that's where decisions. That's when That's where decisions are made. So what happens is, <clears throat> a belief is in the subconscious, and it actually is like an autopilot to drive you to any area. So what NLP or other things, what you know, beliefs do, is that 
it gets past your conscious, which is like a guard. It guards your subconscious from from um, believing just anything. And because mm-hmm. it wants the subconscious to believe something, it goes on and takes it as the truth. Doesn't mean it's the mm-hmm. truth, but it takes it as the truth, and it affects your life. But what the so what we need to what we need to understand is that some people take on a truth that takes on what they appear to be a truth that's not a truth, and they believe it. You, I can I, I give you an example because examples I'm because I'm giving a lot of technical stuff. Mm-hmm. I can tell mm-hmm. you that when you look at the color yellow, who told you that the color yellow is yellow? Who told you mm-hmm. that? It's something that you believe and someone else told you. I can now, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, say, convince you that yellow is not yellow, it's actually blue. And convince mm-hmm. you every time that you see the, the color yellow that it is blue. You say, wow, how do mm-hmm. you do that? Because I went past, your subcon- went past your conscious, went to your subconscious, and adjusted or you had to believe something that's completely different than what you know. That's how it works. <laughs> that's just... Is that mm-hmm. is that hypnotism? Is that because that like you it, can't hypnotize? I just I just don't think I can be hypnotized. You can't hypnotize we, me because that means that you're we, going. To... We. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Um, well, I'll I'll say this. It is yes, it can be hypnotism, but what happens is, um, we hypnotize anyway. Who told you Burger you King think? is good? Who, how, who told you Burger King is better? Who told you McDonald's is better than Burger King? Um, my tongue did. My my tongue did because to me, like that's one of the reasons why I don't eat hamburgers like that anymore. Because it just is all, it all to me kind of just tastes the same. But when you say salmon burger, like oh my god, because that's not that's I ain't you know what I'm saying like I had to experience that. Now, I'm a seafood person, so I know it's they're all round. They all go on the griddle. They look a little bit different. They have a different um, packaging. But it's not until I have bitten into it and either had an emotional um, response to it that, oh, this is good, because I didn't have some good burgers and some bad burgers, but it's totally on me. Like, you know, it's totally on me, but if, if you never experienced it, that's the part I'm not like. People want to feed you the lie and say, ain't no good burgers in Mississippi. They ain't even been here. Like, you, you, you've never even gone and tried it. Just like when kids have seen that the green vegetable is horrible. They they have just, I don't know even where they get it from because they'll eat everything when they're little bitty before anybody tells them it's a green bean. But when they get big enough, enough people have said that the green bean is bad that they have now uh, an aversion to a green vegetable, but then they go to grow them house and they eat so much collard greens. It's like it's just totally what your experience. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like what your experience so, is. It has nothing. But, but it's two sides of experience. It's the experience that you that you have on the physical side, and there's the experience that you have on the mental and spirit, the mental and spiritual. There's two there's two different mm-hmm. things. And so you can mm-hmm. mentally and spiritually experience something that you have not experienced on a physical level. And what happens is okay. if your imagination your imagination 
as it would say, as my one mentor would say, your imagination rules the nation. It's what you imagine trumps what you think or what you may, uh, it trumps what you may think. So you can imagine something to be so real, but you have not experienced it, but you experience it on that level that you can, it takes you there, but you have not experienced it on the physical realm. So there's two levels. And what happens is it affects the subconscious. And once it's implanted in the subconscious the sub, uh, or in your spirit, it, goes through, it actually goes out to make it happen. That's all. Wow, this is a whole lot right here. <laughs> we shouldn't be sharing these kind of things. It, well, well, yes, we should. Yes, we should because okay, I want it. I'm not gonna be gutter. I'm not gonna be bad. I'm just gonna put it out there because to me, all of that is easier explained when it comes to like orgasm. Okay, just mm-hmm. regular orgasm. Male, females, they both have them. A lot of women don't have them. Don't even know the difference between that and other things that are happening with their body because they're not aware, because they're not sure. But it is a mental state that allows the rest of your body to follow along. It's like that when you said taking you there, that kind of came to mind. Now, you're telling me then that we're all hypnotized, like we're hypnotized already, so we're already in an altered state of being, and that I can summon that from someone, even if they're not willing or open to do it, because that, to me that's what hypnotism is. Like, can't nobody mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm going to make this happen to you, girl. No. Make this happen. No, so you're not. Like, it's, you, you, you no, it's, you can't, can't no, it's not that. It's just a phraseology that you would use. Like, you use a good, a good example now since I know people are listening and say, uh-oh, he's about to go there. <laughs> we said something <laughs> awesome about the orgasm, uh-huh. and I'm laughing. I'm laughing to myself because I mean, I'll talk about it. But with the orgasm, uh-huh. most people don't realize that the biggest sex organ there is is your mind. Right. And if you can uh-huh. get your if you get your mind to go there, the body will follow. And what happens is, say an example of the woman who cannot um, experience orgasms. Yes, it could be some physical attributes that are stopping that. But mainly, it's a block somewhere in her mental facility, in her mental facilities that is actually uh, faculties. I'm sorry, not facilities. Faculties that are actually preventing that from happening. There can be a multiple things of why that's happening. She might not be comfortable. She don't want to let go. She can be over. But if she can uh-huh. open herself up and go there uh-huh. mentally, she will experience uh-huh. orgasms um, like never before. I know without I'm doing a lot of slack on women, but without being touched touch by someone, she can so go there mentally. Okay. <laughs> I got to laugh. We should, <laughs> I, I'm saying we, we shouldn't be sharing this kind of stuff on this show. What is going yes, on here now? Because, because it's going <laughs> to help. Because it's going to help somebody. Because I personally think that people are expecting for someone else to bring them to awareness, not just sexually, in other ways too. Fulfillment and happiness, fulfillment and um, spirituality. Like that's why you hear so many people damning the preacher. 
you say so much craziness about the preacher, you mad at the preacher. It ain't even, he's a, he's a vessel for it, but you got to get this yourself. Like, even the the Bible that I read says that, the Quran I've heard says that, like, people expect for someone else to do the work for them, and we bought into it because there are songs that say it, there are um scenarios, there are movies, there's the news, there are articles that all preach the opposite of what this truth is, is that some of this you got to get yourself. Like, you're going to either get it yourself mm-hmm. or you're not going to get it. Is that, yeah, this is, that is what happens. The That's the truth. Uh-huh. What happens is we have two gospels that are being spoken, and that goes from religion to everything that we're in. The gospel that I call, there's a gospel of let me do it for you, and then there's the gospel uh-huh. of responsibility. And what happens is, say, some, in some churches and some uh, religious arenas, there's the gospel of, you know, you don't have to do anything. Somebody else will do it for you, which is good. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. It sounds lovely. Oh, I want that. But the reality mm-hmm. of it is, I hope people are listening. Are they listening? Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is that the gospel of responsibility of you Realizing that the God inside of you can make it happen, that's where the power mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It's not when someone, not just saying that we don't need somebody to help us. When you say, it's a different feeling when someone gives you something versus when you give it yourself. Yes, yeah, you can't, you can't beat your own getting. But what if they don't? So is it true that if you don't believe, and I'm not talking about in God, but believe in there being more than just the existence that you have, if you don't believe uh, that there is the, that thing in you, that something in you, you know, because I, I, I don't have a problem with saying God in me. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with understanding and believing the way that I, I do, but I, I know people who don't believe that. But and they have these question marks almost on their forehead of trying to like put together something. Is they're avoided because they don't even see themselves. They're looking outside of themselves for a lot of the answers. Like they need a book, they need some scribes, they need the lost scriptures. They need it all to be like kind of laid out. And nothing in this life is like that. Like nothing. There's not a formula for anything, but They'll they'll accept someone else's negative or even a remote over a remote positive in themselves. Like I I I don't get that. Like I like when people tell other people things that they can't do themselves. And we're almost at the beginning of how we started talking. The authenticity of what you are saying to someone is better even. Receive when you know that that person knows what they're talking about. Like, they done been, they done been there. Who, who wants to hear the information from someone who has no idea of how to frame? Now, just a quick overview of what I found because I was just looking mm-hmm. through to see what these little levels or what the quickest way of explaining NLP. Uh, it is a behavioral technology, which simply means it's a set of guidelines and principles and attitudes about real-life behavior. And it's not removing scientific theory, but it's a better explanation as to how some things work without a, quote-unquote, 
affirmation. It allows you mm-hmm. to change and eliminate your behaviors, which means that you can actually determine and create a more proficient person and a future that you actually want. Like you can basically name it yourself. And they say the first step of disassociation is to remove uh, negativity and stress feelings from your daily work. Like if you know that something in particular usually makes you have negative emotions, um, say, for instance, like a phobia, you Mm -hmm. have to identify when that emotion raises up, you're supposed to be aware of it, see yourself in that, and then almost embrace it. Like I I said this to a couple people who were trying to sue me after I lost my mom, and then they had a loss. They asked me, how are you functioning? And I just, I don't know what I'm doing other than I, I won't let it become scary to me. So I had to always embrace it. I had mm-hmm. to rehearse. And I still do it every morning. Every morning I get up and I rehearse, you know, I did. Yes, I did. I buried my mother. She was not sick. Mm-hmm. Um, she is not here. I cannot call her. And it's gotten different to say without the emotional attachment to it because it used I couldn't even I couldn't even think it without going off mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago and some days I can't do it at all but the first step they're saying is disassociating from it and it says after you have done that played that with yourself back and forward rehearsed it almost until it becomes kind of like a mantra you're able to be mm-hmm. in remove the emotional stress with it and put it in its proper place so it won't drive your function for the rest of the other parts of your life. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that particular point, but it's like Mm -hmm. four of them. Mm -hmm. Then the one that you mentioned very often tonight was the content reframing, where you take a situation that makes you uh, powerless, you understand what that is, and you put blocks around it. You put situations around it where it can't do nothing but that and that's it. Like it, you will refuse for anything else to infiltrate regarding that particular thing. So if you're angry or get upset or in fear of losing your job, say for instance, your frame can be if I lose my job, the good thing that I learned from this job is this and this other job is going to be my fallback plan. And don't let nothing stop you from going to those places. Is is that kind of what framing is for you? That's kind of how I understood it. Right. That's that's exactly right. What it is. You actually take, like in that example, you take something that like a negative experience and you reframe it into a positive experience. Mm-hmm. The emotion around it loses its power, and that it doesn't um, actually the negative emotions are around it does not does not um, have that control over you as it did. So, like the situation you're talking about, um, a situation of like losing a parent. I lost my father several several years back. So I have to reframe um, how I how I dealt with that situation. Oh, I could have, you know, and I had to do the, I had to do the, I actually had to do the eulogy for it. So what I had to do, I had uh-huh. to, at that time, I had to reframe the whole situation and I had to rename uh-huh. what I what I personally did. This is what I personally did. How I was able to deal with it was when I was trying to do the eulogy, I said, what would dad do? 
So I switched mm-hmm. from the loss to focus on what would dad do? Or the actual sermon was what would Daniel do? That's just, that's our middle name. I'm named after my father. And what would dad do? Or what would Daniel do? So I focus on that versus the loss of my actual father. And what happens is that the negative, the, not only say negative, the emotional side of it, that of the loss was exchanged for thinking about what all the things that my dad would do if he was here. And it changed. Mm-hmm. I was able to go forward and actually do the eulogy and to be there for my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's framing. Um, that, that's, I think that's a big one right there. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. huge one right there. The third one is self-anchoring, and it says that this is where you identify the experience that you want. You identify the experience that you want um, emotionally, actually, whatever, however you define it, but it's usually in an emotional term. So once you define what that is, it says do whatever it takes to get you into that state. And, And actually what you're doing is you're defining what, like, say, for instance, you say, I want to be happy. You're going to start trying some stuff that is how you define what happiness is, and when that don't work, you're going to find, you're going to find something mm-hmm. else. It's kind of similar to the a fast when people say, I'm going to, I'm just 21 days, it's going to become a habit, and I'm not going to even necessarily want that. It's that in the reverse. This is saying exactly what I want, defining what that is, and then doing whatever it takes to get you into that place. And now, every time you're outside of that emotion that you want to feel, and once you master emotion, you just go to another one. Um, Once you master that emotion, you decide, uh, you you understand what it took to get you there, and you just do that. Like, that's where it sounds real simple, but I know that's hard, because I can think of a lot of things that I can try to do to get specific emotions, and, and I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna be real tired trying to figure out what it is. But it says after after a few sessions of that, it's almost like an immediate response of that emotion. That emotion will show up just in your wanting to experience it. It said like if you uh, wanted to feel happiness every time. This is just an example. So if you want to feel happiness every time somebody touched your shoulder on the inside, you would feel that. And anybody, and sometimes it'll be attachment in your mind at the beginning of a specific person touching you. Mm-hmm. After a while, any connectivity that's tactile will elicit that, and you'll be just that. It says you'll be basking in the realm of that emotional response. That's gonna be hard. That's so true. And then that's gonna be that's that's that, easy. I'm that's true. You, me, that's true. Think about it. I I want to share this what I did today. Today I know how to do okay. this show, and I know I had this stressful job today, and I was tired. I had to do some other things at the house and, you know, see about the car and all like that. So what I did was I went to my favorite place. I actually went to the beach. It's a beach uh, not far from where I lived in. I normally would go there to relax and to anchor myself there, to get into the mode to prepare myself for tonight's show. Mm-hmm. So when I came on the show right now, I'm still in the same uh, morality, the beach, even though I'm not at the beach right now. So that's how powerful it is. It's that simple to do. So now the stress of the day, the days, the stress of today is not there. I'm now in the relaxation 
calmness and peace that I had when I was at the beach. Hmm. So it works. Is that med- is that meditation? Is that way of is that Medi- meditation? Yes, and that's what is so powerful. A lot of people I don't know the power of meditation, prayer and meditation. But meditation is when you're able to take a what well, is simple, simple. You're able to take a thought. You can either take a thought and think about it repetitively, or you allow yourself to um, go to a certain place in your mind, and you completely relax. And so you may a meditation. You may take. You know, I give a meditation that I may do. I release everything, everyone, in every situation. So I take that into my meditation. I sort of relax myself. And I see myself letting go of everything, every situation, every problem, and every concern. So mm-hmm. I'll repeat that over, over, and over inside of my mind, and then it affects mm-hmm. my spirit. And I can see I begin to go into a different state. So that's mm-hmm. the power. That's the power of meditation. I think more people should meditate, especially if a couple with prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you that a lot of people just don't know that because I promise I, I don't, I, you know, it's just like prayer. Um, well, and a lot of people do prayer meditation together sometimes, but they think that it's this grand, formal, drawn out, articulated, da da da, like it's got to be the way someone else who's, who's perfected the way that they're going to do it is expressed. But that's exactly what's happening when people say, oh, I just get in my quiet place. And I have to, you know, think on the thing, and it just brings me to a different state of being. I level out, or you know, what I'm saying like people just don't know that that's actually kind of what they're embarking on. But I think they just labeled it in different ways. That's a, actually one of the last points that was here. It says another way to eliminate negative beliefs is. Spend five minutes a day affirming a completely different belief to the current belief that you have. First of all, it's going to make you have to decide what you believe in. And it says that this should be done in a quiet place where you can completely focus on that affirmation. Um, no other thoughts or mental pictures in your head should occur when you're focused on that particular belief. And this this is changing your mind. This is what, what that one was on. This is about changing your mind. And some people just are honed in on the neck. I think it's natural. We, we see it. We hear it all day long. They never report anything good on the news. It's always tragedy. It's always the bad stuff. So we're tuned into receiving and spewing out and rehearsing negativity. So to release that and to do something in a in an affirmative manner actually takes effort because we're so on the other side. It says that if you effectively do this exercise, you, it would allow you to lightly hypnotize yourself. And like I don't, the word hypnotizes gets me because I think about like a, a a a black hat with a rabbit coming out of it. I think of that when I hear hypnotize. I think of that. Now, I'm a nurse. I know how conscious sedation works, and that's medicine. We give you medicine for you not sleep, but you're not going to remember nothing. So I can understand where you're altering the state medically uh, and medicinally, but 
for me to think myself into a state of hypnotism, like, and, and I'm that focused, like, I'm about to pass out, and I'm thinking, like, if I'm going to be that proficient, I don't know that I can do that. I don't even know that I believe that it's possible for me, not that I'm special. I just, oh, no. Have you ever been hypnotized? I've never been hypnotized, but I will say this is I was sitting here thinking that I'm looking at the time. We probably can do something really quick to actually to actually get to people to get into a place of meditation. Really quick section, and it yeah. doesn't take long. Let's five, let's five minutes to do that. You think that would be do good? It, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's First do it. of all, if you're if you're driving and you're listening to this, do not do this. If you're operating any kind of dangerous equipment, or you at the red light or at the yellow light or whatever you're at, do not. Do not do follow the instructions I'm about to give you. Do not do this. Mm-hmm. If you're at home, safe place like that, follow mm-hmm. exactly what I'm going to tell you to do. So first thing I want you to do is <clears throat> I want you to, um, if you're sitting, sit in a comfortable chair or wherever you're sitting at, and actually uh, get really comfortable. And I want you okay. to relax, to relax. And so I want you to follow me now as you relax. I want you to get really relaxed. And when I'm going to count to three, I'm going to count one, two, and three. When I get to three, I want you to be at a different level of relax. You're going to be completely relax. So this is going to relax. One, two, and three, you're actually at a different level of relax, relaxation. So now I want you to use your imagine with me that you are um, at leaving a busy airport and you're in another country, everything is safe, you're fine, and you're heading to your exotic beachfront hotel. Now you're there, and you can see the chairs, you can see everything that's there. I want you to completely relax as you're there, and I want you to think of how much at peace you are. You can feel the peace residing inside of you. Now, the peace is now coming on from the top of your head, and it's going down your shoulders, down your chest, to your legs, and to your feet. And now you're at a place of complete peace. Thing that you're worried about or concerned, but you're at peace. You're at complete peace right now. All the concerns and worries, they're not even there because you're at peace right now. Now, you're at this level of peace. I want you to follow me now. I'm going to count to three again, and you're going to go into a deeper level of peace. So when I count to three, the three count one, two, and three, then you're going to go into a deeper level of peace. One, this is not hypnosis because they're not going to hypnotize you. But you one, two, and three. You had a deeper level of peace. Peace. P E A C E. You're at peace. You're at peace with everything around you. You're at peace. Now that you're there. You can see your problems around you in a little bag. All your problems are in a little bag. I want you now to imagine yourself 
taking all your problems that are in that little bag and throwing them over the balcony. So why throw them over throw them over the balcony? One by one. Because now you're in a place of peace. You're in a place of peace. You're throwing every problem, every concern, every worry over the balcony. Because you're now at a place of peace. Now that you're doing that, I want you to sit back down and relax. When I count to three, you're going to come back to where we were again in this conversation. One, take a deep breath. Two, and three. You're back at this conversation. You're back at the radio show. You're listening, and you're just at peace. I'm just relaxed. <laughs> like, I'm still looking over my balcony. Mr. Alice, you got me sick. And I feel a little sick. Oh, Listen, I want to know what we can look forward to from you, in particular with any of your platforms, Mr. Lawrence Adams. Well, unless you follow me, you can find me on Facebook as Lawrence D. Adams. And how you know it's me, because I have on a pink bow tie and a jean jacket. And that's how you know it's me. But what I have planned in the future, I'm working on uh, revising some of the books that I have written. Uh, also, I do personal sessions and group sessions with people for us with love and relationship. And I can go deep because I want you first to find that the love starts within first, and the results that you're going to experience is going to be phenomenal. You're going to have fast, lasting results. Quickly. Isn't that true, Sharon? Well, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Listen, I, I know that I learned a lot about love. I remember doing the love series, and I learned a lot about love, and I used to hear people say all the time, you got to love yourself first. Na, 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 na. And I was like, I just wish they would stop saying that. But the truth of the matter is, is once you know love for yourself and of yourself, like you almost can't even receive anything but that same type of respect and, and standard and expectation. Like you, if you love yourself right, you, it, it, you, you won't be able to receive anything but that same type of love. Or you can take a lot of stuff in, but it won't be, it won't be real love. So, yeah, I, I believe it. I do believe it. I'm still on my balcony. Like, I just, I want to be able to go under, but I don't want to come a little bit scared because I don't know what's yeah, going on. You, you, so you, got, you got some things you want to still throw over that, over that balcony. I hope it ain't no people you're trying to throw over the balcony. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, no sometimes you might have, some people you might have to throw over the balcony, but, it's you know, it's okay. I want to first, I want to first thank you so much for having me on here. And to me, it's an honor because I know when you first started. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember the time. Like, it was Dr. Jackson awful. Was there. 
Right. I remember. <laughs> and to hear the progression and the class and the professionalism that you have exhibited tonight is phenomenal. I am it is an honor that you would even, you know, consider me to even come on to your show when you used to come on my show. So it's 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 know. honoring us. It's is an honor and I I'm and I, and I know that all the people that are listening um, really enjoyed this show. They really felt something deeply tonight, and they're going to write something on your page about what they either they inbox you or they write something on your page about this show. They have to do that. You have to let let Sharon know that this show really did something for me. This show really touched me. So definitely this show was really amazing. I am, like, honored to even come on here and to share uh, a bit of piece of um information and knowledge that uh, that God has afforded me to give. Well, you, you you just, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. We got like 20 minutes before the end of the show. And what I do at the end of the show is I do a little show close and then I try to get Empire. And I'm, I'm just feel so relaxed right now. I'm not sure if I can do it, but I'm just Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on the Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am the Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight. But nobody's going to change this but us. I have learned so much. I still got so much more to learn. And um, I was telling people on my feed that it's through Periscope, which is a live video around the world kind of dealio that you can do. I didn't do it tonight because, first of all, I'm not really trying to show you. I just wanted you to hear me tonight. Just hear me tonight. And what I learned tonight was, extremely powerful. I'm not trying to make behavioral changes necessarily in others, but I know that some changes in myself have come from hearing um, from persons who themselves have had change. Like, I believe that people can have life-changing movements and that a lot of it has to start with yourself. I think the most powerful thing was authentic and being transparent and that testimony has so much weight. Everybody has a story. Now, everybody's not the greatest storyteller. Everybody's not going to have the right words to use. But NLP is just the, the, some principles that you can basically use to govern yourself in a way that's most proficient for your life. I mean, a lot of people want to teach you things that they haven't themselves even learned. They live above a standard that even – um, an average person can even apply to their to their lives. But we're just talking about some basic things about being uh, true to yourself, not lying to yourself, you know, because I think Lawrence said it the most clear. People see through what you're saying, and when it's not true, it, does, it, it, it doesn't resonate. Like, I, I've been told by everybody, I, my mom used to say it, um, a lot of people have told me that, and I've known for some time that there's a certain amount of discernment that I do have, 
but it's not so much, it's not like no magical message. I'm listening to the words that are coming from your mouth, weighing those those things that you say against the works that you have. And if it's true, it just it meets some place in myself. It raises up emotions in myself and those things can't be planted there. Like you're not gonna make me feel something that I ain't feeling tone or you can set up a frame or you can set up a situation to create create a uh, atmosphere of circumstance, but I still have to be open to receive that because I've, I've seen that too. All of the things are in place and all of the players are in place, all of the words are exact uh, in particular, and don't nothing move. It's kind of like in the church that I was raised in where, you know, y'all doing a whole lot of hollering and stuff and ain't nothing moving, like ain't no spirit in it. And that's what people are saying. There's no authenticity in it. There's no real true meeting of energies in it and no matter what name you want to put around it some people want to say that this is fake that i know that there's truth to it. I, I i know that it is i can't say for sure that it's going to be something that um you can put me under but i know that i'm able to talk myself into places that are more spiritually overwhelming than what's actually happening in my life. Like there, the loss of my mom was one of the most torrentous and most taxing, unprepared types of losses that I think anybody can have. And almost instinct, I knew that, you know, this wasn't brand new to the earth. I know other people have lost as well, but I needed to be able to gather myself. And when I looked around, I had started doing some of these very things that were literally mind-saving, life-saving for me and have now the potential for me to use in a way that's life-changing for my future if if I just get on, online with it. The other biggest thing is I think that if you're going to just be a naysayer, that's just good. Just stay away from me. And it's not me, and I, I've always preached that I've been cutting people off. I cut people off like quick. Like if you don't feed into some positivity into my life, it's enough negative for two or three times for me to have come and gone from this earth. So I don't I don't need that part. I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm just so spiritual and so positive. I just, but I don't have room for a lot of that. Uh, I'm 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 full and tapped out on those things, and I'm actually excreting those things away. So that new stuff can have place. I'm a good crier. Like I cry all the time because I think it's the greatest way to allow greater to come into your life. I mean, it's sometimes the most beautiful thing is to let something just bleed out and and wait out and work out some of the negativity because it makes place for some really good things to come into your life. I'm going to welcome those things. Now, I'm going to speak those things, and, you know, the the religious or the Christian world would say, I'm going to speak those things as they are. You know, I'll never get the scripture right. I know I'm not saying it right, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Speak those things as if they are, not as they are. So the more negative that you continue to speak, the more negative it's going to be attracted to you. Even if you don't believe in NLP, some people believe in the law of attraction. Some people believe in just the law of energy. Some people believe in karma. This is the same type principle. 
your focus just has to change. So just change fun, and um, you can change the world. Yep, I said it. Change the world. Is that featuring French Montana? Can't trust thoughts. That ain't the right song. Uh Uh-uh. Stop that one. Uh Uh-uh. That's not the right song. (laughs) That is not the right song. That said thoughts. I said change the world. I hope you learn to make it on your own And if you let yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing that you ever know Hope you get the pretty girls that's pretty at everything Million dollar cribs having million dollar dreams And when you get it all just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man could change the world one man could change the world All I, all I wanted was a hundred million dollars and a bad chick Imagine did some muscle nights and felt like that I had it Back on the mattress, staring at the ceiling Try connect the dots, but it's all making those attachments I'm talking dreaming so hard, some nights it felt like draft day You know, my my stepbrother used to flip them bags outside the crib like it was trash day. No Kim K, buddy, bag yeah, yeah. But when you get it fast, money slow down, don't crash. With all the drive in the world, where you still need gas. Look, think about it. Close your eyes, dream about it. Tell your team about it. Go make million dollar schemes about it. Success is on the way, I feel it in the distance. Used to look up at the stars and be like, ain't too much that's different. I be shining, they be shining. Get you one shot, don't you miss it. What you know about waking up every day like you on a mission and I hope you learn to make it on your own and if you love yourself just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want and that you chose I hope and that's the realest thing that you ever know hope you get the pretty girls as pretty as everything million dollar careers have a million dollar dreams and when you get it all just remember one thing remember one thing one man could change the world one man my grandma told me if you write your name and song, you'll never get the white out. I grinded out that black hole and performed up at the White House, standing next to Jim Carrey. We traded stories and laughed. I said, You're not the only one I know got rich wearing masks. Where I'm from, I swear they broke. They need way more than the cash. We need more than what you have, and then we need more than that. But how am I supposed to say I'm tired? If that girl from West Virginia came up in conditions that I could survive. Went to war, came back alive. On top of that, became a female black captain. When being black, you had the extra, extra try. Way before James Brown made us proud. She bought a crib on the same street as Marvin Gaye right there on Outer Drive. And she taught me how to drive. And she raised the kids, then the kids' kids. And she did it right. Taught me how to love. Taught me not to cry When I die I hope you teach me how to fly All my life you've been that angel in disguise And I hope you learn to make it on your own and if you love yourself Just know you'll never be alone I hope that you get everything you want And that you chose I hope that it's the realest thing That you ever hey, know I hope you get the pretty girls As pretty as everything Million dollar cribs Have a million dollar dream When you get it all Just remember one thing Remember one thing That one man can change the world 